Good morning. Um, our text for today is Luke chapter 1, 46, verse 46 through 56, which is on page 856 in the Bibles in front of you. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, uh, for he has looked up on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. Uh, for he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones uh, and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. And as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. I think there's something important and vital in hearing those words read by a young lady. Uh, especially that young lady. I may be a little prejudiced, a little biased on that. But, but hearing Mary's words and hearing the impact that those words had on a young life, um, her emotions, and, and her own plans for her future. There's a popular song, and Donna played it as part of our, uh, our meditation, or Donna and Shirley played it as, as part of her meditation earlier, and I know it's a favorite of many of you, the song, Mary Did You Know. You're familiar with, with the song, Mary Did You Know. And we read the words to, to Mary Did You Know, and, and, and on one level we say, well, yes, of course she knew. I mean, it's right there in the Scriptures. She, an angel told her she knew. But on another level, we have to realize this young girl, did she have any idea what was ahead of her? Christmas seems to call us to look back. I think that's kind of the, the nature of holidays. Holidays call us to look back. We think about the Christmases when we were kids. We think about how much snow we had when we were kids. We think about how bright the lights were or how big the presents were. Or we think about those years when, when, when we had very, very little and how much we had to scrape and save and how much we hoped that it would be a Merry Christmas. We think about how difficult life was and how much easier kids today have it. You know? But while Christmas calls us to look back, Jesus always calls us to look ahead, to look ahead to his kingdom, to look ahead to his return, to look ahead to, to his fulfillment of his promises. You think about all that Mary was preparing to go through. I mean, childbirth alone, that, that seems like a huge call on someone so young and, and innocent. But the humiliation that accompanied an unwed pregnancy in that world, the, the suspicion the whispers, the, and eventually the cross. She, she may have known what God was calling her to, but she had not felt the full weight of it yet. Which is why I think Mary is here in Jesus' genealogy for you and me. She is here for everyone who has ever looked at their future, looked at the path ahead of them, whether that path was fair or unfair, whether it contained health and blessing, or sickness and poverty. Everyone who has ever had to trust in God beyond anything that they could do for themselves in that moment, beyond anything they could feel, everyone who has ever had to hold on to His promises. That's why Mary is here. 
Mary is here to show us that if you give God your pain, He will give you His hope. And when you come to this section in in Luke chapter 1, some of your Bibles call this section Mary's Prayer. I have a little, little caption up above and say Mary's Prayer. Some of them say Mary's Song of Praise. Some of your Bibles, if they're old, Uh, Or maybe if you're old, I don't know. Some of your Bibles say the Magnificat. That doesn't mean the Magnificent Cat. I I like cats just fine, but there are no Magnificent Cats. But that's a, a Latin word. That's what we call this. The first line in Mary's song says, My soul magnifies the Lord. Magnificat means to to magnify. It's the first line in Mary's song. My soul magnifies the Lord. Some of your Bibles might read, my soul glorifies the Lord. The word there literally means enlarges. My soul brings God's presence into sharp focus in my life. Hey, that's a beautiful thing. I think it's a beautiful thing and I think it's a a rare thing because too often we do not magnify the Lord. Too often we magnify everything but the Lord. We are so skilled at making mountains out of the smallest molehills. We can can take anything that's so small and petty and make it seem so huge in our lives. We spend all day magnifying our problems, magnifying our pains, magnifying our aggravations. There's a meme that you'll see online. You'll see it on Facebook every now and then. Someone will post and it, it always makes me chuckle and, and I always see a little bit too much of myself in it. It says this, <clears throat> Did you have a bad day? Or did you have a bad five minutes that you milked all day? You, you ever been there? Did you have a bad day? Or did you have a bad five minutes that you milked all day. If we were to be honest, that's exactly what it is all too often. Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. I want you to think about that. This young girl, Mary, unmarried, suddenly pregnant with an unbelievable story. How hard was this going to be? And she goes on in verse 48 and says, For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. Can we be honest? No, they wouldn't. Not all generations. It'd be hundreds of years before we would start calling Mary blessed. Her generation didn't call her blessed. All through Jesus' life, all through the Gospels, we have stories of of people being suspicious of His parentage. John tells the story of Jesus having an encounter with the Pharisees. And I think it's significant that only John tells this story because John's the one who took Mary home with him and he took care of Mary after Jesus was ascended into heaven. John must have heard Mary's stories many times. He must have heard what she was going through. And John tells the story of where the Pharisees turned to Jesus and they said, we know who our father is. Who is your father? What were they saying in asking him that question? Even after he died, even after he was resurrected, people were still suspicious about Mary. Did she know that all of her life? That stigma that was over her about her story, she lived with that. But 
That's not what she chose to magnify. She instead chose to magnify the Lord. She instead chose to focus on the hope that, she, that was placed inside of her, the hope that she had for her people. For He who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is His name, and His mercy is for those who fear Him from generation to generation. Mary was able to look past her pain, to look past the struggles that she was having right then, and to say, God has made a promise to me. I can't see it today. I can't hold it yet. But if I give Him my pain, He will give me His hope. Mary is here. For every one of us who needs to do that. She is also here to show us that if you give God your weakness, He will give you His strength. Her story continues, her song continues in verse 51. He has shown strength with His arm. He has scattered the proud in their thoughts and the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. Now there's an important shift that takes place in Mary's song here, and and you really can't see it in English, but the tense of the verbs have changed. And essentially, what Mary is saying is, God always shows His strength. God always scatters the proud. God always brings down the mighty. He always exalts those of of humble estate and He always fills the hungry. He always makes things right. The problem is it takes eyes of faith to see that. Faith tells us that there is this radical social reversal in Jesus. About 30 years after Mary sings that song of praise, about 30 years later, Jesus will stand before His home congregation. (laughs) And He will read Scripture in in front of the people that He went to church with, synagogue with. And He'll read the words from the prophet Isaiah. And He'll read those words that said, He has sent Me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. He came to change everything. Everyone who has ever been made to feel weak. Everyone who knows that they have nothing to offer He's here for them. He is here for us. If you give Him your weakness, He will show His strength. You know, we need people who can look at the world today through eyes of faith. People who can look at the messes that we're in and say there is something greater at work here. And while you see injustice, and while you say it's not fair that these people suffer, it's not fair that I hurt, it's not fair that we go through this, We need people with eyes of faith who who can say, there is a justice here that you can't see yet. It's real. It's true. It's eternal. And in the end, all accounts will be settled. Because God always shows His strength. He always scatters the proud. He always brings down the mighty. And he He always exalts the humble. God always feeds the hungry. He always makes things right. And because... Our faith tells us that God's strength is for us. We can hear Mary's call. And we can know that if you give God all that you lack, He will give you all that He promises. I think there's something we need to point out 
especially if we were looking at Matthew's genealogy in, in Matthew chapter 1, because that's where what we've been working our way through as we've talked about the awkward family at Christmas. We've looked at some of those awkward people in Jesus' family history. But there's something we would have to notice talking about Mary today if we were looking at, at Matthew chapter 1. And that what we would have to notice is this isn't Mary's family. This is her husband's family. These are her in-laws that we're talking about. Matthew chapter 1, verse 16 says, And Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus was born, who is called the Christ. All of these colorful characters that we've looked at this month, Rahab, Ruth, Bathsheba, all of these colorful characters, these people that, that make things a little awkward, all of those awkward family moments. And Mary could have said, no one like that on my side of the family. There's no prostitutes on my side of the family. There's no foreigners on my side of the family. No one ever committed adultery on my side of the family. No one ever conspired murder on my side of the family. But Mary doesn't do that because Joseph's family is Mary's family because that's what family is. You accept each other. Verse 54, he has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy and he has spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and his offspring forever. Mary says that God has helped family. God has helped His servant Israel. It's an interesting word, help. God has helped. God as, as helper. Do you realize when you're reading through the Old Testament that the word helper is actually one of God's names? It's one of the ways that we know God. We, he, he's called helper over and over again through the Old Testament. God is helper. Psalm 121 says, I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from my help comes from the lord the maker of heaven and earth psalm 54 verse 4 says behold god is my helper over and over again in the old testament god is called helper and so guys ladies when we come to chapter 2 of genesis and god looks at creation he looks at adam and he says it's not good that adam is alone and in verse 18 God says, I will make for him a helper. God gives Eve his own name. God calls Eve by the name that he would become known as. God is the helper of Israel. He calls Eve Adam's helper. He gives her his name. Helper was someone to strengthen. Someone who strengthens you. Someone who is at your side. Someone who, fill, who would fill him with hope and promise God gave Eve his name. He called her helper. And so who was Mary to Joseph? She was his help. She was his helper. He has helped his servant Israel. Now you have to understand, this isn't how we use the word help. Steve, this isn't someone came over and helped me move a freezer. Steve came over and helped me move a freezer. <laughs> Thank you, Steve. That was a big help. But that's not the kind of help that we're talking about here when we talk about God. Someone who, oh, someone helped. They, they helped me do dishes. Or somebody helped themselves to dessert. You know, that's not the kind of help that we're talking about here. The helper is someone who gives you their energy so that you can accomplish what must 
be done. Someone that gives you your strength when all you feel is weakness. And it's someone who never, ever leaves your side. He has spoken to our fathers, to Abraham and his offspring, forever. Forever. Whatever it is that you lack, whatever it is that you can't accomplish on your own, God is your help. And by declaring Him our help, we're saying He won't leave your side. He won't walk away when things get tough. Mary herself would know that in a very real and personal way. God would not abandon her. But she wanted to make sure we all knew that as well. And so she said, God is our helper forever. Give Him all that you lack, and He will give you all that He promises. Christmas always calls us to look back. We look back to earlier years. We look back to to the good years. We look back to the bad years. We look back to the Christmases where we had plenty. We look back at the Christmases where we had nothing. We look back to the Christmases when the house was filled with family. And we look back to that first Christmas when we're alone. Christmas always calls us to look back, but God always calls us to look ahead. Look ahead for His strength. Look ahead for His presence. Look ahead for His blessing. Look ahead for our hope and our help. You know, what if? What if? What if your greatest Christmas is yet to come? What if the the greatest Christmas in your life is yet to come? What if all those great old memories that you have, what if someday they will just absolutely pale in comparison for what is yet to be seen, for what God has yet to bring? What 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 if His greatest gift for you is yet to be realized? You see, that's what Mary's song calls us to. To recognize God's presence in the midst of our pain, in the midst of the struggle we're having today. God is our help. And to know that His blessing is coming. However great your need is, it is nothing compared to God's gift for you. Would you stand and pray with me? Father, there have been so many times when when by our words and our worries we have magnified everything but you. We have magnified our problems. We've magnified our pain. We have magnified our needs and and everything that we aren't. We have magnified everything but the one who has promised everything that we need. And so in this season when we talk about and, and peace and joy and hope, let us magnify you. Let us bring your presence and your love so into focus in our lives that others can see you through us. That others know that there is a promise for them through you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your presence. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.